I want to give praise and honor. I want to. I just want to be give a grateful hand clap of praise for 110 kids this past Wednesday. 110 hearts and and lives that are getting something positive poured into them. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. We are reaching out to this community. We want so bad to reach everyone. We, we just want to see these lives change. There's no reason why we have to have broken homes. There's no reason why we had to have children who don't know about God. We will take the burden. We will take the, the cross to bear to teach our children about the one true God and how He will save their soul. We will teach them. If they take prayer out of school, we're going to have prayer times 10 at Covenant Church. We're going to have prayer. We're going to teach them about God. We're going to teach them about other things. We're going to teach them about our country. We're going to teach them about the history of and our forefathers of how they fought so that they could even we could even have this freedom today. Amen. So all of the things that we as adults we take for granted, we know about it. We've had it. We enjoyed it. We I, I remember going to school and standing up and, and saying, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. You'd be surprised how, and I'm not saying this because I just forgot the words. I can say the whole thing. I don't want to recite the whole thing, but it made me think about, you'd be surprised, even the adults who have not recited the Pledge of Allegiance. I've seen it in certain occasions at maybe a get-together or some kind of July 4th celebration, and they stand up and they're, oh, oh, we're going to say the pledge. And they stand up and, and to the republic, for which stands, one, oh yeah, one, that part, one nation uh, and, and, and indivisible with li- oh, liberty, it, they forgot it. They have not recited it. They have not looked at it. They have not read it. They have not said it in a long, long time. And it left them. Temporarily, it can be brought back. I will say, just to, this, is, this is an appetizer. You need to look at it. You need to read it. You need to say it. You need to speak it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Hide it away in your heart. Hide it away in your heart. Amen, amen. Visitors, glad to have some visitors here today. Uh, Guest, it says it on the signs out there. We, We bought some signs out there for people to have some parking. And I said, do not put visitor parking on there. We don't say visitors. Guest. We're welcome for the guests today. Guest parking out front. And, uh, just very conscious of how we uh, pronounce that and say that. But uh, if you are a guest here today, if you look on the back of a pew, maybe if you're in the back chairs, you can't, you can't have one in front of the, yourself in, in the chairs area, uh, the seating. But uh, what's that? Uh, well, we haven't planned that, so we're not going to go with that just yet. But on the back of the pews or on the way out, you can uh, scan one of the back of the pews, a QR code, and help us to reach out to you. And if you are in, interested in volunteering and serving and getting plugged in and want to know about classes and know about the classes that we have to offer. Tuesday nights around here is extremely full. It's, we call it our health night. It's hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. All right? It started out, Tuesday night started out in one of those portable buildings, my wife and I and a, a few others, and we had uh, some very unique people that showed up to our first Celebrate Recovery. I'll just say it like that. And I was like, here we go. We've, we started something, here we go. And now that has developed into a massive Celebrate Recovery class, but the Hope, Elevate, Learn, and Prosper, it branched off and branched off and branched off. If Believe it or not, this part of the sanctuary is taken up, that room, this room, this room, every room downstairs. There's so many classes that it branched out and grew. And now there's parenting, there's GED classes. I mean, there's just, I can't even begin to name them all. If you need help in your life, come on a Tuesday night. First of all, we're going to feed you for free, and it's actually good food. So 6 o'clock, be here, and um, we'll feed you. Uh, we'll worship t- together, and we're having uh, quite a few people. Our rooms are packed out with people that are just wanting to do better for themselves. Motto here, continually better, so that is working good. Uh, all, also, all of the online visitors that are watching today, all those that are watching online, we are grateful for you. Pray for us at home. Those of you who couldn't make it today, you're sick. Uh, maybe you're working or maybe you watch it later on. Pray for the church. Pray for growth. Pray for people's lives to be touched. 
Right over here to my right, if it's your uh, first time here, we'd love to meet you. Or also, if you've been coming for a while and you're like, what, are the ne- what, what do I do next? What are the next steps? This is an area over here where we can tell you about the next steps, next things, the things that you need to be looking forward to next. So it's not just come to church, find a pew, sit down, and be like a spiritual sloth, okay? We are very big on getting plugged in and working and doing immediately. I know this. When I know that I am needed at my job, when I know that someone needs me, I will show up. So we're very big on getting people plugged in. It doesn't take a long time to be a part of this family. You were a part of the family when you stepped on the grounds. When you got out of your car, you should have just realized right then, oh, just a lot of new friends and family. We're God's family. I'm sure all of you feel like, well, I love God and He loves me. Well, guess what? All of us do too. And so... We are one spiritual family, loving God, reaching for more and more and more. Uh, tonight, prayer at 6 o'clock. If you can be here tonight at 6 o'clock, it's very powerful. That was started many months ago, and it's, it's growing and growing. Prayer is a powerful thing. One thing that Covenant Church, we vow to be, we will be a, a praying church. A praying church. One that also fasts. We fast and we pray. We do the things that we read about in this beautiful book. The Word of God, and he and we found, oh, so they did this, and this happened. It worked. So I can actually touch the throne of God. I can actually touch God in a way by prayer and fasting. Yes, you can. And so we are a, a church that prays, and we fast, and we seek the face of God. We always, always, always have to be a praying church. It's great to be a worshiping church. We clap our hands. We sing. We can jump up and down with the music. It's great. I love it. I'm pumped up. we got to know how to pray. We've got to know how to pray and seek God. So if you can be here tonight, a Sunday night, it's a great time to be together. All glory to God. I want to just stop and say that. We can never, ever get away from what God wants to do and what He's doing in people's lives. It is not the preacher. It is not the worship leader. It's not a senior pastor. It's not, these, it's not the, the grounds. It is the Spirit of God that is in this place time and time again. Praises are going up. Blessings and glory are coming down. There's story after story after story. I get texts all throughout the week of, hey, pastor, you're not going to believe this. And, and I'll say, all glory to God. All glory to God. So don't do like me. And this is what I had to make myself stop doing, saying, I can't believe it. And God wants to just slap me in the face a little bit and just say, well, you prayed for it. You believe in me and you have faith. And you prayed. You said, Lord, I have faith that you will answer my prayer. And then I answered your prayer. I can't believe it. Are you good? You've got to have more faith than that in me. Seriously? I heard your call. I heard your prayer. And I answered your prayer. I called out to the Lord. He heard me. And he answered. Are you believing that today for your family? He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Bow with me right now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your perfect will. I thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel in this place. I pray, Lord, that this word that we're going to bring today, that it would prick our hearts, that it would drive us to do more and more and more for you. We will not be complacent. Lord, we will be on fire for you in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Amen. All right. Turn with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter 32 and we're gonna I just want to speak to you for a few minutes believe it or not I'm in the process of shortening my sermons and I've been in that process for about three weeks now my goal is 35 to 40 minutes and I've got a a clock back there it's probably gonna be 45 minutes today so uh, just know that I have shortened my notes I'm like I do not want to belabor the point. Let's get to the point. Let's have a moment where we can seek the face of God and let God do the work. Let man get out of the way and let God do the work. I'll give you a point. I'll give you a sermon. I'll bring up something that happened, and we're going to get the point. And we're going to find out, what are we, here's the problem. Here's the answer. What are we going to do? Let's get a plan of action and then get out of the way. Let me get out of the way. 
And let's pray, let's seek the face of God, and let something happen. Let's get the work in. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk, 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 talk. We're going to work. we got to get the work in. Amen? Amen. So Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 28. If you will, just follow along with me. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you, this is why, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Look at your neighbor and say, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Your wife is saying, really? Your husband's saying, oh, really? No, I am an overcomer. You will see, we're going to speak it by faith today. I will be an overcomer. I want to preach to you for a few minutes on claiming your new identity. Identity. A new identity. Because many of us have had a label put on us for maybe even your whole life. And many of us can relate to wrestling how the scripture says, I will change your name because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. So we've wrestled with God in a sense and we've wrestled with man. And how have we wrestled with God? Because God says... You need to do this. You heard a sermon. You read something in your Bible. You had conviction in your heart, and it pricked your heart. You heard the voice of God, and then we begin to wrestle with God. We begin to wrestle with Him and say, uh, not so much. I need you to move this direction. I need you to start doing this. I need you to get your life in line. I need you to get in line with me. I need you to follow after my word. Let's just make it real simple. Stop sinning. I, I, I'm going to need you to go ahead and stop that. God, I mean, you know, hey, I mean, ease up a little. This is hard. Don't be so hard on me. And we wrestle with God. We wrestle with God. And we wrestle with men. We wrestle with the world. We wrestle with our, our spouse. We, we wrestle with our children. We wrestle with those in our life. And, and we begin to be the type of person where we don't want to listen to anybody else. Somebody may be working. God is working through somebody else, and he, he gives somebody just an inclination or just a, a word, something pops in their head, you know, let me text them, let me encourage them, let me stop what I'm doing, pull you to the side and just say, hey, is everything okay with you? Because you just don't seem like everything's okay. And I'll have you to know I'm doing great. Do I look like I'm upset? Seriously, do I look like I'm upset? Yeah, man, you really do. You do. You look like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez, excuse me. I see that you're very happy and having a great day. I wish I could be more like you. But we wrestle with man. We wrestle with God. And, and God is, and what's, wanting to ha- what's needing to happen here? God is wanting to change our life. He's wanting, to, he's wanting to give us a new identity. What we've dealt with and what we have been involved in our whole life, our identity is something that people perceive us as. So if people perceive you as just rude, if people perceive you as just irritable, angry, mean, upset at the world, something's going on. We need to change that. God has called us to a higher calling. If you'll remember last Sunday, I talked about God has called us to greatness, to greatness. Your whole life may have been a struggle from a child all the way up to now in adulthood. Where are you getting your identity from? Does your identity come from a father who maybe put an identity on you or a mother or your past? Is it coming from your family experience that everybody knows who you are now today because of your family? Or, oh, he's that way because his daddy or his granddaddy. Oh, I remember his uncle. I know his brother. Oh, that family. Oh, that family name. And you have a stigma put on you. And you have a label put on you. And you begin to, you begin to believe it. And you begin to live it whether you know it or not. You're living a curse. 
And God is saying, I want to remove this curse off of you. I want to give you a new name. You're seeing Jacob, and I want to call you Israel. You're looking at yourself as a follower, but I want to make you a follower of me and not a follower of man. Called to win and not to lose. Where are you getting your identity from? Is it past mistakes? Someone looks at you and they see you in town and they begin to label you. Oh, I remember when. Oh, I remember what. I'm not ever going to forget. We're so hard on each other as human beings and Christians. I love God. I love my brother. I love my, man, my, my fellow man. I love my sister. But I ain't ever going to forget what. Oh, and I will, I will always remember well, that goes two ways, folks. Believe me, people will always remember what you did. People will always remember when you and what you, okay? So let's be careful how much we're remembering about somebody else because we are going to need that grace. How many of you, I can raise my hand and attest to this, is be careful how you come down on people about certain things because it is crazy, and I'm not going to call it what the world calls it. We all know what I'm thinking right now about what it is and how it can be a certain thing. But it just comes around and it's like, oh, it's on me now. It's on me. I forgot. And now I'm human and now that same thing, I'm experiencing that same fault and failure. And like, oh man, I hope nobody sees it. Let me just hide right now because I was coming down hard on some people on Facebook. And I'm like, you should and you shouldn't. And we're just, well, we love to tweet and post and post. And then all of a sudden, uh, I need some grace now. I need some grace. Past mistakes. But labels are put on you. Jacob's name in Hebrew, if you look it up, it means thief, cheater, robber. If you're here in this sanctuary today and your name is Jacob, hold up a minute. <laughs> so I, I see one over here, he's getting a little tap on the shoulder and they're like, look at, <laughs> thief, cheat, and robber. I knew it. No, I'm just kidding. No, let me, let me expound on that just a little bit more because it also means, and it can mean, to follow, be behind, and to reach so Jacob, this label was put on him because if you know the story, and if you don't, go back and read your Bible. But Jacob came out second, okay? He came out second behind his brother Esau. And as Esau was coming out of the womb, here come this little hand out, and he's hanging on to that hill. And you've probably heard a sermon, or, or I heard a sermon a long time ago called a hill grabber. I want to be a hill grabber. I'm just reaching for more. But I'm telling you today, it's important that you don't accept the label that was put on you. Somebody saw that. Man, the world sees certain things in your life and what you do, and they say, you're labeled. That's who you are. You're a liar. You're a cheat. And you're a robber. But you have, you have two people inside of you. You have a side of you who wants to be the liar, the cheat, and the robber. But you also have within you the greatness of God, what God called you to be. When you were born, He called you to be a son of His. If we would give our heart and our life to Him, then the Bible says we are now a son of God. And that's what He has called you to be. So be careful what you believe about yourself because God is saying, I have much more for you. I have called you to greatness. I have called you to greatness and you have it within you. So when someone sees this reach like... He, oh, well, that's, he's reaching because he's a thief. He's reaching. He's trying to steal off of Esau. He's trying to get off. No, there's a part of me that wants to reach for more. I'm just reaching so that I can go further with God. I'm just, I want to be a follower. I've, oh, so you're just a follower. Well, I am a follower. I am behind. But God's saying, let me change what you are so motivated by. I will say this. A person who is motivated to steal and to cheat, and to rob, or whatever you want to look at as sin, or uh, something that would pull you away from God, there is a part of that personality that if that person would take that part of their personality and give their heart fully to God, and give their soul completely to God, he could take that, that, na that trait of, because if you're going to steal and rob from somebody, it takes some guts. We have seen it. Here in Cherokee County, we have seen it around us where people in the middle of the day, 
no darkness, walk up in a place and just cut a lock, steal a trailer, steal a weed eater or a lawnmower out of the back of a truck. You, and I'm like, how do you have the guts to even try that? I mean, we're in Texas. Everybody is packing heat. I guarantee you within this sanctuary right now, there's probably at least six or seven nine millimeters and 40 calibers on some hips right now. You don't know it, but they're in here. And you're going to go up at Chili's and steal three. I'm saying this because it happened to my, a friend of mine. And he, I think they stole three chainsaws out of the back of his truck in the middle of the day while he's eating at Chili's in Jacksonville. That takes some guts. Now, take that same person and they, I give my heart to the Lord. I, I was a thief. I was a robber. I was a cheat. But I, I had something inside of me that kind of even likes the adrenaline rush. And I kind of, you know, I've got some guts. Now take that, let God rearrange it and change it and make him, let Him rename you. Now you've got guts to go out and to reach the lost. And when nobody else can go give their testimony, that person's welcome. Hey, how are you doing, man? My name's John, and you ain't going to believe this, but I used to be this. But let me tell you how He changed my life. And I've got the guts to tell you. I don't know you from Adam, but I'm going to shake your hand, hug you. And God is going to take my personality and my trait that was used for negative things and things that were God, the devil used, and God's going to change it, and He's going to use it for greatness. What the devil meant for evil, God can turn for good. And He wants to rename you. So Jacob, the label that was put on him, he believed it for a while. But then he starts to realize, man, there's something inside of me. There is something inside of me that I just feel there's greatness in here. And he had a moment, he had an encounter where he wrestled with God. I want to look at the part where we're wrestling with God as maybe a prayer meeting. Maybe coming here on a Sunday night and you fall down on your knees and you're praying to God sincerely and saying, Lord, I need more of you. I've got to have more of you. I want to have a real encounter with you, God. And I'm praying and I'm seeking your face. And I'm going after you in a more powerful and greater manner than ever before. And actually get some sincerity about yourself and your situation. Turn with me to Genesis 25, verse 26. He came out with his hand grasping. He had those two natures in him, like us all. Greatness is in there. It's in you. We have to wrestle and overcome. Let God rename you. Rename you. Many of you, maybe you want to rename yourself because you think your name's funny or whatever. But listen, I'm not even talking about just the, the name that we hear. I'm talking about what do people see? What do people feel? What is the emotion they have when they hear a certain name when they hear your name is it an immediate oh oh so you know so and so oh well now I literally think less of you or, I, or it could be the opposite well I, I think a lot of you so you oh man I know him he's that, there's a there's something that happens just on the name there's just something that happens with that name there's something about that name the name of Jesus let me just go right into that the name of Jesus and we've heard the song Jesus Jesus there's just something about that name it absolutely is in the name master savior it's he's all of that he is our master he's our savior it is in that name it's in the name of Jesus we need to speak the name of Jesus over our lives. Can I get an amen? How do you view yourself? Well, many of us, right off the bat, when we say we view ourselves, we can look in the mirror, we can look at ourselves, and I, I can say, self to self, I'm successful. I have done well for myself. And there's, there's good things that have happened. I'm speaking like I'm somebody else. I'm not up here bragging. All glory to God for everything I have, from the, from the weed eater to the boat to the roof over my head, whatever it is, thank God I've got what I have. It's not even mine. God can take it in a moment. But we view ourselves in the physical side as man views us, and we say, well, we're successful. I've got some money. Things are starting to look up. I'm productive. God has, God has blessed me. Now let's take another look at ourselves how do we, how we're viewing ourselves now let's look at how how would God view you if God could just speak to you and sit you down and say I really appreciate you and how much you think you're so successful and productive have a seat right here and you sit down 
And then he starts pacing around. I'm just giving you a picture. I just paint a picture. Do you, do you, are you in service with, are you seeking after me? Are you, are you giving of your life to me completely, 100%? Because this is things I'm seeing in you. Um, and I notice that you don't live for me all of the time, but I appreciate that you live for me some of the time. If, how does God view us? If we could sit down, many of us would sit down. Man, I mean, whoo. But we, let's don't lie to ourselves. Let's don't say, well, I'm, I'm great. Look how great I am. I come to church every six months. I give in the offering. Most, I have before. I, listen, it doesn't even matter if you give to this church I quit worrying about that a long time ago. You hardly ever hear us even preach on it and, and bring it to you. And some others probably think you need to do it probably more often so that you can teach people about the blessing. But uh, I also know that I, I'm not going to babysit an entire group of people. And I'm going to say, you know what's in here? You can read it for yourself. You need to do this. You need to do this. Come back next Sunday. You need to do this. Oh, to, you need to do this. Wednesday, you need to do this. You need to do this yourself. Okay? I mean, let's be real. Some, there's a, there is a Christian mentality in East... It's, okay, worldwide, it could be... Well, let's say Bible Belt. We like to show up, get our coffee, come into a nice, cool sanctuary, worship the Lord and say, Tell me a story, Pastor. Tell me a really, I want to hear a good Bible story. Yeah, give me a good Bible story. Read to me. Re will you read me a story? It's story time. Look, I will. I will give you a great story. How God changed my life. And he, he brought my family back from, from going downhill to being supremely, or not just successful. I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying to put a word on it that doesn't sound like bragging, but just very, very... Blessed and successful. He changed it he, from here to here, okay? Let's get that. Now, I will share that with you, and I will share how God can do it for you. But as you begin to read and learn for yourself more and more and more, you'll fire your own self up. You'll be like, hey, uh, uh, can I, can I, is there any way I could speak next Sunday? Uh, uh, Y'all doing outreach on Tuesday? Listen, I want to give thanks for the outreach that's going from this community, from our church to the community. We're setting up all over the place, and we're sharing and God is working in outreach. Great things are happening in outreach. If you want to get involved in something that's a lot of fun, get involved with outreach. Get with Julio, get with Kenneth, and you get with those men and say, hey, when is the next outreach? It's a lot of fun. And you won't be too challenged. It's okay. We'll, we put you in the right spot. Not everybody's a pitcher. Some people need to play first base and just catch. Some people need to be in the dugout cheering them on, bringing the water cooler. My dad, years ago, he joked with us as, as children, and he said, I played football, and I was like, man, my dad, I'm taller than my dad, and I'm 14 years old. I don't, I, do I believe this? I don't know. My dad was a huge jokester and kidder, and uh, he said, yeah, I played football. He said, I played end. I played guard. I played tackle. He said, I'll sit on the end of the bench, guard that water cooler, and tackle anybody that tried to get to it. <laughs> like, now that makes sense. One more quick story about him. So years ago, we were driving home, and he, he, was, he was telling me how he was, he, it was in the Marine Corps, and um, he was the guy who came out when the boats dropped, and he had a bulletproof suit on and helmet and everything. He said, I would come out there and take those bullets. I was young enough to where I was just like, oh, my word, are you serious? Man, alive. And now the label that I had put on my dad began to change. I'm like, my dad is Superman. I mean, I put a label on him like, well, my dad works at the lumber yard, and he grows a garden. He's a loving man. He, this, is, this is my dad. He's, he's, kind of, he's normal. All he preaches, he, he, he sings some. And I, that was the label. But then when he told me that story, I was like, oh, man, you, I cannot believe. I'm now 11, 12 years old. You're just now telling me this, what you did in the, in the Marine Corps. I didn't even know you were in the Marines. And he just fed that line and fed that line. I come running in the house. Mom, why, can't, why did you not tell me dad was taking bullets? And she's like, your dad wasn't even in the military. <laughs> but you see how quick 
your view of somebody can change? How quick can your view of somebody change on a story, on a testimony? So somebody sees this rough-looking character. They're like, uh, kids, y'all get over here. Y'all get over here. Kids, get behind me, kids. We protect. Honey, do you got your, you got your weapon on you? I've got mine. And the guy's getting closer, and he's getting closer, and he's coming up, and, he pull, and, he, and he's pulling his hand, hand around here, and he's, but, but he's pulling out a card from Covenant Church, and, and you're like, oh, 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 right there, sir, her, sir I'm going to need you to holster that, holster what, this card that says, welcome to Covenant Church, the fake, the fake hit point. If you don't, let me give you all, if you're ever caught in a situation and you don't know what to do, here's your assailant. Turn your hip, put your hand on your hip, and do this right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you. If you ever want to fake them out. And the, and, the, and the guy's like, I just wanted to share with you my testimony because God changed my life. And, oh, well, I labeled, I put a label on you. Like, you had a look about you. I know I have a look. But you know what? Now... I look right here, and he's changed my whole countenance in my life. Jacob's label came from how he was first viewed, not how God viewed him or saw him. Just like Jacob, change can bring pain. And most of the times, it's going to leave a mark. And I know I preached a sermon on Jacob a long time ago. We talked about walking with a limp. And, we walk, and you might have a limp. You might have something in your life that others see. You, might, you can't erase people's memory of you. You cannot erase people's viewpoint of you of things that you did in the past. But what you can show them is what he's doing now. You can share what God is doing right now. So the label that was put on Jacob, people they had a label on him. But he's like, you don't understand. I wrestled with God. I wrestled. And I, something happened to me spiritually. How does this happen? This is not positive talk. This is not uh, self-help books. This is the Spirit of God. This is an encounter with God. You need to realize that this whole story wraps around an encounter. A, an overnight long encounter with God. When you get serious with God, God can get serious with you. Amen? Jacob was born to win, and you are born to win. You may have a permanent mark from it, but who cares? Bless you as you have that mark. Bless you as you limp around and give a testimony. God wants to rearrange you. He wants to rework you. He wants to relabel you. He wants to redo you. He wants to realign you. He wants to reassign you. And most of all, He wants to rename you. Amen. Take a praise break. Yeah, take a little praise break. I'm pr- I-, I am grateful to God that He wants to rename me. Amen, amen, amen. I want to just take a little bit of a turn in this message today. I want to give you five attributes of a winner. Five attributes of a winner. Number one, winners are careful who they associate with. A winner. I'll even say a survivor. Somebody, you're careful who you associate with. Number one, no matter who it is. So Jacob, his firstborn son, Reuben. And, and that's why I say no matter who it is, be careful who you associate with, with their family. Well, your family can pull you down in a moment. Your family, your immediate blood kin can pull you down in a moment. I'm not saying, we're going to get there in a minute. I'm not saying you should run from your family and disown it. Oh, I live for God now. See y'all, I'm not ever speaking to y'all again. No. You need to be strong, 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 stronger and stronger so that you're not pulled down in a moment of temptation. But you're able then to go in there and now you are the hand. I don't want to get ahead of myself But you now are strong to be able to be what you need to be for that family. But Reuben was his firstborn. And so I'm going to read you a a little bit of scripture here. And we're going to know that this is Reuben and Gad who are speaking. And they're speaking to Moses and Eleazar. Numbers 32 and 5 says this. If we have found favor in your eyes. This is speaking of crossing over the Jordan. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, Let this land be given to your servants as a possession 
do not make us. Please, don't, don't make us. Don't make us cross the Jordan. It's so, it's so important that we realize that God is not trying to... Think about how we're saying it. Think about how they said it. I'm sorry that you feel like I'm making you have a better life. I'm so sorry that you feel like I'm making you live a life that would be one of encouragement and love and happiness. Please don't, please don't make us go over there where we're abundantly blessed. Please, 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 Pastor. Please don't ask me to do so many things and show up to so many things and be involved in so many things and, and make me to be happy. I mean, oh, oh, I, ju- I just don't want to do what it takes to be so happy. I'm exhausted. I'm just, it's so exhausting being happy. You don't realize how exhausted you are. You don't realize how worn out you are day in, day out. The grind, the grind, the grind. You're walking around going, I'm happy. I'm so happy. I'm happy. You can see that I'm happy. We're going to Dairy Queen. We're going to get some dip cones. It's exciting. I love this. Let's go have a good time, kids. Aren't y'all having a great time? This is so much fun. Don't you love your daddy? Don't you love? And me and your mom, we fight and, and we love each other. We love each other in our fights. No, you, you're, you're not happy. You're not, you're not living a life of freedom. You're not living a life free of addiction. You're not living a, living a life that's free of sorrow and pain. You're, you're not, okay, you're not doing that. You're, you're living a Jacob life, and, and God is calling you to be an, an unbelievable leader. He called, he had, so you're telling me you got a man who was literally labeled as a thief, a robber, and a liar, and a cheat. And, and that now is a leader that is over a, a nation. So how, how does that even happen? I mean, you're, you can really have that kind of a change in a, in a person? Yeah, you can. But you got to wrestle with, you got to wrestle, it's work. There's some work you got to chase after. You got to be reaching. You got to be grabbing and reaching out and, and get that heel. Get what God has. Go after it. It's not going to fall in your lap. Do not make us cross the Jordan. And guess what? They didn't. They died on the other side where they could absolutely see the blessings of God. Do not allow yourself to die spiritually where you can see everybody else doing good. Everybody else is being blessed and you don't see that there's blessings falling all around you and you're not partaking, you're not having, you're not seeing, you're not even feeling what God has for you. You've got to reach for it. You've got to go after it. You have got to be the one who says, not don't make me cross the river saying, uh, what time are we crossing? What time are we crossing? Well, we're crossing at 5 a.m. I'm up. It's 4. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let, let's go. Let's go. That's the kind of, that's the kind of, you got to change. It's critical you quit hanging with that old crowd. Because remember, number one, winners are careful who they associate with. Galatians 6 and 1. Here's why I wanted to touch on this. Be careful that you are not tempted. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch, but watch yourselves. Or you also may be tempted. You got a serious, serious gambling addiction. And you, you're, you hadn't prayed, you hadn't read your Bible in six months. And you're going to go down there to Harris Casino. And you'll be like, I'm fixing to witness to the all of the ones who have this addiction. They're losing their homes. They're, they're, they're gambling away their, their child's college money. And I'm going to be the one who's going to go in there and save them. Seven come eleven. Yeah. I, debit, debit card. All on red. I mean, I'm, 
And you, immediately, you're pulled right back down to where, you, no, no, no. Be careful. Be careful. Might want to take somebody with you. I'll say that. Number two, winners are self-encouragers. Self-encouragers. You go from being discouraged to self-encouraged to then being the one who is doing the encouraging. Some of you look at certain ones in this, in this church body, at Covenant Church, and you say, Man, he's such an encourager. She is such an encourager. You have no idea that maybe even just six months ago, this same person was going, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm so discouraged. This and that and this and that. And we got a whole lot of this and that. And, and God's saying, well, I got this and that too. But my this and that looks a whole lot different than your this and that. And... That person went from being discouraged to be encouraged to now being the encourager. Don't forget, somebody pulled you out. Somebody pulled you out and you said, well, I've been living for God my whole life. Have you really? When did you finally make the move to where you really begin to live for God in a new and a greater manner? Somebody pulled you. Somebody pulled on you. God pulled on you. He pulled on your heart, your heartstrings, and somebody pulled you out. You don't ever, ever forget. Somebody pulled you out. Put that picture up that I've got for you all to see. This is a real-life rescue. This really happened. If you know what this situation, many of you may not know this, so I'll explain it. So in a river, as a river flows, and this is kind of zoomed in here, just so happens there was a professional photographer that was on the scene when this happened and they got these amazing photographs because it almost looks like it was staged because the photograph is so crystal clear where you can see the droplets of water. But this is a real rescue that happened. This woman was in the water for over half an hour struggling for her life. So the boat came down and then they got in that turbulent spinning water right there and the boat went under and it's suck you under maybe under for 30 seconds, maybe under for close to a minute, finally spit you back out. And it's turbulent, and it's moving, it's turning. And this man, who somebody could have put a label on, because when you look at him, he's got steel-toed boots on, his jeans are dirty, he's never been to a rope rescue class, he's not a first responder, he's not a firefighter, he's just a man who saw somebody in need. And I think it's really ironic that the man is wrapped up in some chains. And I begin to think about this picture like, chains that used to bind me, now I can take those chains and I can use it for something good. And I can use it for something that can help somebody else. My testimony. I used to be bound up in chains, but now God has saved me. I was tore up from the floor up, but God changed my life. I'm a new person. I'm a new creature in Christ. So he takes those construction chains and he gets with his guys and they wrap him up and they take that, that just so happens there was, they were uh, constructing a pedestrian bridge close by and they had a crane and the boom was just long enough so they swung him out and this man went from being the person who's just a worker who has a label on him of, well, somebody called 911 and Somebody has called 911 and we can those are those guys going to help? No, they're just they're just construction workers. No, they're they're just some guys in reflective vest. They don't know anything. They don't know. The professionals are coming. Let me tell you right now. You're not surrounded by a bunch of professionals. There's not a bunch of Welcome to Covenant Church in my pinstripe suit. Um, we are going to have one fast. We're going to have, okay, we're going to change it up this Sunday. We're going to have one slow, two fast. This number, that number. Turn to this. Here's the bulletin. And um, we pray that you feel the presence of God. You're dismissed. No. You're, we're not professional. I didn't go to seminary. But I did have my life to be completely changed by a, a really wrestle encounter with God. And I, 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 did, I, I didn't get this in time up there to him, but 
Jason Ray, would you please just stand up? Jason. Okay, so this man, if you knew his past, you can be seated. You can be seated. This man, if you knew his past, you'd say, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. No. He was, he, he comes to Sunday school and brings donuts. And he and his wife are now teaching Sunday school. And this man is out there saying, let's go, let's go. And they're dancing for the Lord. And they're playing some Christian music. And he's putting a donut in their mouth. And they're raising their hands. But look, look, from discouraged, just like, man, Pastor Jeremy, I don't even know how how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? Now he's telling these little kids, hey, man, you're not going to believe what God can do for you. He'll save you. He will raise you up. And so this is just a man, just a construction worker. Oh, now he's a lifesaver. This man is now a lifesaver. And this man grabs this woman. We can't show all the rest of the pictures because clothes came off. And that was all blurred. I didn't see it either. Don't get nervous. It was all blurred. I guess I could have showed them, but they're blurred images. But she didn't care. Oh, there's a, mess- there's a message in that. There's a message in that. So it don't matter how you, it won't matter to me how I look. I don't care if I'm embarrassed. I don't care if somebody sees tears streaming down my cheeks. Because I need God. I need to be rescued. I've got to have a change. And I don't care what falls off. There's a message in that. Do you think that woman cared that her bottom half fell off? No, she did not. All she knew was there was a big strong hand that grabbed that wrist. And there was some construction dirty jeans that wrapped around her lower half. And he pulled her like this and he held her like that. And a half an hour of struggling for her life, thinking, I'm going to die in the next five seconds. And he pulls her out and he gets her out of that situation. And she lived. She lived. So don't think for one moment that you are not a person who can pull somebody out. Who can pull somebody out. Learn to be the hand up and hand out. Quit being so negative. Don't look at people in this community and say, he messed up. She messed up. Guess what? You did too. Jeremiah 38, 9 through 10. If you read this whole story, you'll find out that it just took just a few men to put Jeremiah down in the pit. But it took 30 to get him out. So just a few people can push you down and can get you down and out. But Covenant Church, I will speak this. We will be the majority in this area where we will have a flood of people. We will bring as much help as needed to get people out of the situation they are in. Number three, winners know when to run and fight and aren't afraid to do so. Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife. He ran away from temptation. His brother stole his coat. She stole his coat. The man couldn't even have a coat because everybody's ripping his coat off. Joseph ran from temptation. David ran towards Goliath. You need to know when to run to and from. Winners know when to run and when to fight. Ephesians 6 and 10 says this. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Not part of it, all of it. Number four, winners are laser focused. To be laser focused, you have got to have a firm foundation. You cannot be blown by every wind of change. You have got to have a firm foundation to be laser focused. You know, as if you have a laser in your hand and you want to point to a spot on the far wall, it's just shaking all over the place. You cannot hold still. You have to put it on a tripod or some type of base. Get it down there. Lock it down. Set it. And leave it alone. Some of us need to get in a firm foundation, be in a spot where God has locked us down, set us on the right path in the right direction. We are laser focused. It's not moving. And then we need to quit messing with it and leave it alone and let God, and let God adjust us. Because we want to be up here just like this, just all over the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, just all, just, I, I can't hold still. God is not your base. Make God, make His Word your firm foundation and base. 1 Chronicles 12 and 8. I'm almost through. Praise team, come on up. Wow, 42 minutes. I told you it's going to be 45. Some, some 
Gadites defected to David at his stronghold in the desert. They were brave warriors, ready for battle. Everybody say, ready for battle. And able to handle the shield and spear. Their faces were the faces of lions. We're describing the type of person. We get a word picture of what did David's army look like? What did those men look like? Ready for battle. They were able to handle the shield and the spear. So they know when to block, but they also know when to stab and cut. you got to know when to run to and when when to run away. It's imperative you stay focused. Ready for battle. Fierce as a lion. Number five, the last point. Winners have vision. Genesis 37.5. Joseph had a dream. We know this story. But God had a plan. It's to, to some of you today, it's just a dream. I wish. I just wish that I could be this for God. I wish that my family could be this. I wish my marriage could be this. I wish I could be so many things for God. I just wish, wish, wish. But listen... Go from wishing to dreaming and have a vision. Joseph had a dream. And on that dream, God had a plan. And God had a plan way before Joseph had a dream. He's got a plan for you. He went from stable boy to leader over all of Egypt. Second in command over all of Egypt. But there was a time that the leader over all of Egypt was walking around in some stinky mess stalls. And raking and cleaning and doing the dirty work. You need to realize that sometimes it's going to to feel like, man, I'm just doing the dirty work. Man, I'm just just getting by. I'm I'm just doing the dirty work. It's just, it's monotonous. It's hard. It's tough. And I know that. It's tough. Many of you are facing some tough situations in your life. There's money situations. There's marital situations. There's children downstairs that when you get them in the car today, they're going to sass and back talk you because maybe it it hasn't been done correctly. And now you're playing catch up. But I'm telling you, when your children don't mind you, teach them. When your children don't listen to you, teach them. Don't go off on them. Teach them. Teach them. It's okay. Teach them. Keep doing the work. Keep working in that stall. You don't know what is coming. You'd have no, you cannot see, you cannot see the future for your children. You cannot see the future for your marriage. So, therefore, all you have to go on is faith and the work and getting the work in. We've got a man here today who is an extremely strong man. We got a lot of strong men here today, but I think of this man today and he. There's so much work that has gone in to being able to bench press 500 pounds. And if you throw 500 pounds on a bench press bar on the first workout, just go ahead and call the funeral home and just we'll go ahead and make an arrangement. Yeah, y'all can pick me up here in about 30 minutes. I'm about to die. I'm going to drop this on my neck. and uh, But I, I'm going to go out with a blaze of glory. Yep. No, that was... 135 pounds. Oh, yes. I did it. I, I lifted it. I, I pushed it off of my chest. I never thought I could do that. And then, how much more are we going to do the next time? They call, sometimes they call it a nickel. Five pounds. Just a little bit more. Just working. Just working. Just working in that stall. You're telling me, you're, so you're telling me I, I'm going to do this? Yeah, you are. You are. You stay with me. You stay with me. You hang with me. You get this and you just bind yourself to it. You say, I stay with you, God. God, I will be with you. I stay with you. I know it hurts right now. It's hard. I've been crying. I've been upset. I've been depressed. I've been discouraged. But, But now, I feel a little bit encouraged. And then it's like, I have hid that word in my heart so much that now... I'm going, to encourage, I'm going to encourage somebody else. I'm now the encourager. And now I'm stronger. I'm lifting more. I feel stronger. And God is doing more for me because I've got a new identity. God will put you in high places when you give Him your highest praise. God will put you in high places when you put Him in high places. Stand with me if you will. Look at Habakkuk 2. Verses 2 through 3. I'm not going to read it, but I want to just pull out the parts of this where it says, Write the vision. Make it plain. Wait for it. 
and it will come. Wait for it, and it will come. I've got two things in my pocket right now that I'm going to pull out. So let's, you've got a microphone. Is your mic on? Can you make sure your mic's on? Oh, yeah. Pull that up close to you because I want you to, you can, and this man's talented. He can play and talk and sing at the same time. And I'm, I'm going to just, I, let me just show y'all. It's, I know it's small. Back row, I know you're not going to be able to see it, but just, this is what, I've got something small right here. It's yellow. What, what have I got there? piece of corn. Yep. All right, so I want you to think out of the box and tell me what I'm, just, what am I, so I'm holding a piece of corn, but can you think, what am I, what else am I holding here? A seed. All right. Think past that. Okay. What's it going to grow up into? Oh, a plant. So right here in this tiny, tiny seed, I'm holding an entire plant of corn that can produce more corn. All right. What's this other thing I'm holding here? I'll I'll show y'all. It's brown. Got a little cap on it. An acorn. So what am I, what am I holding? I'm holding it. I'm holding an entire big, huge oak tree. I'm holding. See, no, no, you're not. Don't be stupid. We're we're all. We're not gonna be dumb. You're holding the tiny little acorn. You can't hold a tree, but I can. But I can because this is an entire the potential. You gotta see yourself so so different this morning. But let me blow your mind. Let me blow your mind. I'm not holding an entire plant of corn. I'm holding a thousand acres of corn that can feed thousands of people. That's what I'm really holding right there. Because this is going to produce another seed that's going to produce another seed. And I'm really, if I think about it, if I want to get really crazy faith, if I want, I want to get some crazy faith, I'm holding a thousand acres. I'm literally holding a thousand, I'm holding a forest of mature oak trees that can feed wildlife, that can feed other, that can feed the wildlife, that can feed people, that will be firewood, that will be fuel. It's so much potential, the energy that can come from this one acorn that if you give it time if you let the water come down if you let the sun come down if you let it that seed be fueled and fed and fed and fed and we've got to be fed and fed and fed and we've got to receive the living water we got to see that living word the word of god and that's why we receive more and more and more i'm stronger i'm stronger so good many of you are in this place today and you say i am that big oak tree god has raised me up Look at what God has done. Don't put a cap on it. It's time to have another small oak, another small oak, another plant, seed that comes off of you, your testimony. Quit being so selfish. Get out. Tell people about what God has done for you. They also want a new identity. They are tired of being labeled by the world as lost, pathetic, miserable. You have a look. You got a certain look. You look like trash. You look like you're lost. You just have a certain look. God has more for you to do. So I put a challenge upon each and every one of us here today. I put a challenge on us to help others find their new identity. And if it's you here today, you need to find a new identity for yourself. Every head bowed and every eye closed, if you will, just join with me. I want to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for us to see this sermon for what it is. I pray for us that you would open up our eyes to see the potential for massive, massive, exponential growth, God. Not only in us, but in our family, in our wives, in our husbands, in our children. Let us see with your eyes, with God's eyes, the future that you have for us and the massive amount of growth. In the name of Jesus. So keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If that's you here today and you need more of God and you have not seen the potential that God has for you, if you would just raise a hand and say, I need you to pray for me, Pastor. I need you to pray for me. Just raise a hand. The hands are going up all over the building. I see that hand. God sees that hand. It's, a, it's important that you let God know, I need you, God. I need you, God. You can lower that hand. Thank you for that hand. And I know that God is saying right now, I see you. I see you're in your need. 
and I'm ready to do a work. So I'm going to open up these altars in just a second and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, this is where it's being poured out. It can be poured out anywhere in this sanctuary. Don't feel one bit of pressure. God can fall on you on the back row, on the front row, at the altar. As you're getting in your car, it may hit you like a ton of bricks when you get to your car. And somebody looks out there and they say, what is this? Is he a seizure? No, he's just bawling his eyes out because he finally gave his heart to God in his car out in the parking lot. So, Father, I pray that you would fall on these people. These are your people. We are your people. And, Lord, we need more of you. And these altars are going to be opened up as they begin to sing and worship God once again. And if you need a touch of God, if you need more of God, if you need your seed that somebody planted in you years ago to begin to grow and develop and be more and more, I'm going to tell you how you do it. You need the Holy Spirit of God living in you. It is what will change your life never ever forget that we need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and then we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit I'm telling you today if you haven't been baptized you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit but you need to repent one thing you need to do is you need to repent you need to repent of your sins some of us need to repent and these they had not even don't wait for the altar to be open. They're like, I'm coming right now. So all, the altar is open. If you need somebody to say it, the altar is open. Come down today. We will pray with you. We will pray with you. And God has more for you. Remember, you are holding acres and acres and acres of growth. There's a forest that needs to come from you. There's massive amount of food and sustenance that needs to come from you. God has it in you. You've got it in yourself and God is saying He's calling you today. He's calling you today. Praise Him. Y'all go ahead and sing this. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. Don't dismiss the voice of God. Don't dismiss the voice of God. Come on, hear the voice of God. Hear the voice of God wherever you're standing. Begin to raise those hands and, and yield to the Holy Ghost. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Come on, yield to Him. I need you, God. Just like that picture, that hand. Raise that hand up. God, I, I need you to rescue me. I'm, I'm available. God, I've been drowning. I've been drowning, God. I need you, God.
us for your glory, God. Use us for your glory. We've got to have more of you. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. That's it. Pour your heart out. The Holy Spirit is falling in this place. Hearts are being changed. Lives are being changed. Addictions are being laid down. Depression has to go in the name of Jesus. Pain has to go in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of infirmity, we command you to leave every body in the name of Jesus. Sickness, you have no authority over us. Sickness, you must go in the name of Jesus. If you're dealing with sickness in your body, if you've been dealing with infirmity, I, I invite you to join me right now. And let's say it together. Sickness, you have no authority over me. I command you to leave my body in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it's a mighty, mighty name. It's a powerful name. All glory to God. God is doing great things and He will continue to do great things if we put Him in the driver's seat. We love you so much. God bless each and every one of you. If you're down here praying, you don't have to feel pressured to leave. You keep praying. We're praying with those that are here. Go out into your world. Go out to your people and you share. You share what God has done. Jesus.